Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by the Lauren Hardy of Record Sport, the McManus and Caldwell, if you will, uh, Michael Gannon and Graham Young. How are you both? Is it the Phil and Holly? But we can't talk about that anymore, can we? <laughs> I, thought I'd get, I thought I'd give you that. Uh, Thanks, Hi, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> How are you both? Good? Good, mate. I all right. I think it's about thawed out after I've been at Parkhead last night in the cold. It was um, the chilly one uh, last night, but um, nice and nice and warmed up now for you boys. Plenty of goals though, uh, and we will obviously we'll come to that in just a minute. I thought um, it was maybe worth just mentioning at the start of the pod. Um, we've not had one since the the previous game at St Johnston, and Graham obviously. Brendan Rodgers during that game, or after it rather, said it was the angriest he's ever been in his managerial career. It was a brilliant second half from Celtic, but the first half was pretty poor. Yeah, I think it was a culmination, wasn't it? That's that's the kind of feeling after it, that the first half was dreadful, but maybe it just wasn't that first half. It's a couple of things building for a few weeks and maybe tying into the, the transfers. So obviously, Rodgers said he was looking for four quality players and on a half when Yang, uh, who... I hope the footage is now deleted where I was previously effusive and praise of him. <laughs> uh, he had a really tough day, so I think it was a combination of everything. I think Celtic needed, just in the purest sense, a jolt anyway. They were that poor the first half against St Johnson that extreme measures to just get something out of that particular game was needed. Um, obviously, worked a trick. Um, they, they were much better second half, um, and then that carried on to last night. But I think there's multiple factors, I think, that have Rogers. I know he said it was the pace and the tempo, but I think when you add up all the things that have kind of happened the first half of the season between injuries, maybe signs that didn't come that he wanted, and then if they're not following out his instructions, I think that kind of rocket was always due, and uh, it's obviously started to reap rewards straight away. Uh, Graham makes a good point in the sense that, do you think that was almost a, a half that Celtic needed, if you know what I mean, because you know, staring down the barrel of dropping more points, it was a wake-up call, really. Yeah. But, listen, there's been a few moments this season that they've been a bit like that. Um, I don't... I mean, I know I know he said it was the angriest it's ever been, but uh, even at half-time. Um, but I'm pretty sure getting beat 5 nothing against Stoke when he's a Liverpool manager at half-time would have been quite angry. <laughs> I mean, I think that, that might... I mean, I'm fairly sure that would have been an afternoon at half-time you might have some words to say. Um but listen, you know, managers, he wants a reaction and he got a reaction. So it, it, the jolt worked. Um, I don't think he was kicking over tactics boards or throwing teacups or, or all that kind of stuff, but he definitely wasn't happy. I mean, listen, there's been signs of some frustration kind of setting in um, in the last few weeks with, with him. Um, I think you've got to caveat it. Listen, he's missing some big players uh, at the moment through injury. Atati made a uh, Abada, obviously Jota was sold. We know they've touched in the summer window, being not very good. Um, so there is a bit of frustration from him. Um, he wants more. He's like he said before he wanted more of these guys that are coming in to, to, to make a big impact. He's not really getting a lot from some of them. Um, so maybe his patience just cracked a wee bit, and he thought that he's used the, the, the carrot and it's time for the big stick. Um, the good thing was he, he did get a reaction. I mean, they came out the second half all guns blazing, scored some good goals, and it rolled into the game against against Hibs uh, midweek where they, they were pretty comfortable as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't think managers reach for that 
that kind of um, mode of of uh, motivation very often. So when they do, you know it's serious, uh, and it, it seems to have a desired effect. Um, but we we'll see it's a busy period. It's now as well. And it needs all hands to the pump. Um, so the, the momentum has to keep going. Really, that's what we'll find out in the next few weeks if it has worked properly. The, the Hibs game was a, a kind of refreshing change to recent Celtic form in the sense that Celtic have started a little bit in recent weeks. I was, you know, a bit apprehensive in the sense that Hibs they only lost one in eleven going into the game, but Graham Celtic came out the blocks flying and they were they were brilliant in that first half. Brilliant all night, but uh, the way they came out was yeah. great. Shades of Aberdeen first half, or just the performance really. Like they've just Celtic. The one thing amid criticism, they've been quite good at that. Like low ball when teams, the games have won convincingly. They just managed to just break through quite well, and it was a game to set players, wasn't it? Last night with Palmer, Riley, the guys who normally make the difference, doing it again. Um, and I, I thought there was there was plenty to like. I just thought they were quite efficient as well. Hibs. Nick Montgomery would tell you Hibs had plenty of the game. It wasn't the match that I watched personally, but I think the Riley goal's perfect. That just it was a half counter attack. Palmer, that's where Palmer's really good, isn't he? Like he's not the paciest, but he knows how to isolate a defender. Good ball in the Riley two 0 But there was plenty of that last night. Good passages of play. I know Rogers with Mikey Johnson uh, kind of was quite firm with the words after the game. But it, I thought to be fair to Mikey Johnson, my opinion, I thought he did a half decent job. Keeping it wide, if that makes sense. I know Yang does that as well, but I thought I think Mikey Johnson was summed up perfect last night in the sense on a half pitch at St Johnson when they came in, he can come on and do nice bits. But I think the pure athleticism needed to be a Celtic winger. I think that's the hardest bit for him getting up and down the pitch. Those 50 50 shoulder challenges, maybe coming up short, he's very quick to appeal for fouls. I think that's quite against Celtic nature, and I know wingers will always appeal, but. He often appeals to the ones you know you're not going to get. It almost gives the other team a wee, galvanises them. I think he's just overall, yeah, Neil Lennon touched on it the other day, the mental side of frustration. I think Rodgers obviously keenly felt that, but it was out with maybe moments like that. It was, it was a pretty comprehensive performance, uh, irrespective of what the Hibs manager says. Well, Mick, how do you see the, the Mikey Johnson stuff? I mean, he was, I thought he was great against St Johnston, but as Graham says, we bit underwhelming against Hibs. I thought he was alright. I don't think he was that bad. I mean, I actually watched him for the first half an hour and he was he was he was kind of chasing back and trying to shut down any kind of um building from the back that Hibs were trying. Um I've got to say a side note, I was I must have actually a chuckle when, when Brendan Rogers kind of um paid tribute to the way that the Hibs played Nick Montgomery. I said, No wonder because <laughs> they absolutely played right into Celtic's, <laughs> Celtic's hands. Having had a game plan to play against Celtic. The low block, and they still went 4 4 2, and they, they sat really deep at Easter Road and really contained Celtic. It made it really awkward for them. They kind of went back to kind of trying to play the expansive kind of game and we wide open middle of the park. And I, I mean, it was just, I mean, absolutely played out Celtic's hands. No wonder, this is no wonder uh, Rogers complimentary. Having watched teams like Motherwell, St. Johnson, uh, and these kind of teams like frustrate Celtic at Celtic Park with this kind of, like you say, low, sitting deep, low block, we ought to call it. Um, to do that and try and pass it over the back and get caught time and time again was, I mean, I mean just completely mind blowing, really. Um, anyway, uh, Mikey Johnson, yes, uh, we talk Mikey Johnson. Uh, yeah, I think it's that, that bad. I thought he was working quite hard. Um, this can go two ways with Mikey Johnson because he's he's getting a bit of a baton from his manager, uh, and you think you could you go right, you go right. Well, you need me right now. You're injuries. You're gonna need me to play the next few weeks. 
and you go in the huff and say, well, I'm getting battered by the manager and I'm a wee bit of huff. Um, or you can take it as a backhanded compliment. Rogers sees something in Mikey Johnson. I think you can see he's a player in there. He just needs to get it out, right, or break it out somehow. And I think he is being critical on him to try and get that player out of him. I think he's he's got to take it as a, a backhanded compliment that, that the manager is desperate to get him to see him playing his full potential. I think that's the way you got to see it. He's not just battering him for the sake of battering him. Um, I think he does think there's a player in there um, that we've not really quite seen it play, it's played its maximum yet. Um, so I think that's maybe why, why he's doing it. Um, it must be because it, 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 they're going to rely on Mikey Johnson in the next few weeks because they certainly are short in that area. Yang, I, I don't know if we'll see him again anytime soon. He was he was completely left out last night, not okay. on the bench. Yes, I mean, like, um, he's a young lad and there's development to be done, so you never know. But at this point in time, he's not he's not ready. He's not good enough. Um, simple as that. Uh, Marco Tellio come back from injury. Nobody near it. He's been fit for a few months. He's got a few wee bits and bobs. Not enough. Seen, I haven't seen enough to suggest he's ready for a start either. Um, so they're left with Palmer, Johnson and James Forrest really in the wide areas. Um, so Johnson is going to be needed the next few weeks. So he can't go in the huff and think, oh, the, the boss is going to me and all that stuff or I'm going to have a hard time and it's unjustified or whatever. He can't. He's got to use it as motivation think, oh, right. As a backhanded compliment, he, he sees something in there that he's desperate to get out. So bring it out. Bring it to the party. I mean, he, a, a wee bit of sympathy for him. He's not played an awful lot. I think that was his first start the other night was in, since... February 2022. So it's been a long time since started, started a game for, for Celtic as well. Um, so he, he's maybe going to run out of legs, maybe going to get a bit faded a bit as, as what happened. Um, so I would maybe cut a bit of, a bit of slack. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on him. A lot of people are kind of on his shoulders and waiting for him to be the player that we all thought he was going to be at 17 years old. When, when Scott and Ireland were fighting over him and all that stuff, we thought he was going to be a major, major star. The next Aidan McGeady or Sean Maloney or that kind of level not quite happened um, but uh, yeah he's getting a bit of criticism from his manager but I would he should, he should use that as a, a compliment and a, and a motivation he's, he's 24 now Mikey Johnson I think I'm right in saying he's in the last year of his deal would you A give him a new deal if you're Celtic and if you're him would you take it what that's quite the time no I know I think I think, uh, I think Mick Scott it's like the David Turnbull argument about deals and all that. David Turnbull's ready to move on for Celtic, right? Let's just say it. It seems that's the the, the direction that it's heading, right? So it's a different scenario with Mikey Johnson where these players, if he comes alive now and makes it happen, as Mick's saying, then a new deal would make sense. That would be the, the logical conclusion, but that's a wee bit off considering. But this bit here, this is it. December's it for Mikey Johnson because a bad Maeda are on their way back. This is his moment. He's got to play big games this month. He's actually played a decent amount. He's got a weird start. He always starts at Ibrox, doesn't he? Like over the years, he's had two or three starts at Ibrox, sometimes up front, which is... Up front, up front of the cup exactly, exactly, that's that. You've got that in the game at Ibrox, the one, I think the 1-0 uh, Rogers last game at Ibrox as well. So um, uh, It's just the way it's worked out. He's always that's the kind of fixture he's been earmarked for, not always in his right position. But this is it. Mix makes a good point there where like, there is motivational reasoning behind what Rogers is saying so it needs to happen now because if it doesn't then we'll quickly become fourth fifth choice winger again and that probably will be the end 
we can see the path for guys like I mean, Mickey Johnson. I think David Turnbull as well. We can see the path now, now in front of these guys, and they're, they're the only ones that can they can change these paths. The path at the moment for David Turnbull is probably a, a move down to England next summer. Uh, if he's a success, then fair enough. If it isn't, it's a it's a loan deal back at Aberdeen or something like that, uh, where he could be like a, a superstar probably. Uh, Mickey Johnson at the moment could be playing against Celtic for Hibs next season. Um, maybe coming for, off the bench for, for Hibs next season. Uh, these are the paths that, that are laid out in front of these guys it's now, and it's up to them to, to alter that path. If they want to remain at, at Celtic or do or, 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 or even get better moves in the summer beyond or in January, that, these are the times when you do it, isn't it? Because um, at the moment, that's the trajectory they're on. Um, and it's up to them to, to change that, if they want to change it. Um, I said... It's a, it's, this should be a big chance for Mikey Johnson because he's going to get used the next next eight, six, seven weeks. It's all hands to the bump for Celtic. They don't have the bodies. They've got a lot of games. This should be what he's been waiting for. Um, so it's up to him to go and grab it. Especially with the Asia Cup as well coming up too, um, which I know Celtic will probably lose Owen and Kyogo. And all started last night as well, obviously. Can I grab this chance? A couple of goals again. I still... <laughs> If Kyogo was to get injured, say, Graham, is Owen the man to fill his boots? See, this is where I probably the biggest disagreement with. I like, I like him. I've liked him since day one. Like, he just is what he is. He's young and he's learning. But he's run. He's not Kyogo in his movement, but he is, he's, his movement's a strength. Like, he's, he makes good runs. He's always going across the front. I think a couple of goals last season. But the low crosses, Ange loved wingers putting in low balls. He was there to tap it in. But he's just good at it and he is young and I think with Yang's struggles, Quan struggling, I think the idea of the South Korean market, but always also at this point not playing as much. But I think what he's shown in his first year in Scotland, pretty good. Like he's not a perfect player. I still think there's a panic about him knowing that he's getting a start. He's trying to do a lot quickly and he's turning and he's he doesn't always make the right call. But I thought he's wee passer for us on Sunday. Plus the goals he got a couple of weeks ago into last night. And I know he's nicked one off Carter Vickers, but that's what strikers do. It's a brilliant goal for a striker. And then his second one was, uh, I don't know what Wolfish was doing. That was, uh, we put it as old battered fish. Um, and then he comes <laughs> around. Easy, just, but his finish is good. He's always got to score that. And I think that's a hallmark of a decent striker. Now, I've, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Celtic are crying out for a Scott Sinclair-esque winger who brings 15 goals as much as Zara striker. They play one up top, always prove capable. Kyogo's a young man, even if he's going through a wee wall, that's just life. Every striker does. That's not any drama there. But I don't think a third striker, out-and-out striker, is what they really need. I think another versatile guy who can play across the front three would be more valuable. But I think all start on Sunday as well. I think you need to go with the momentum. I don't think it's any slight in Kyogo. I know people go two games without starting, but to me, a guy scores two goals. It just feels it's probably just fifty-one forty-nine in favour of Oates starting Sunday. I think with a lot, I would be in a similar boat as well. But I like him always have, and uh, I reject any you know people that don't. I think he's a good player. I really do. He's he starts. I mean, he starts are pretty good, really, for a guy who's only he's only started five games for Celtic in his time at the club. I mean, five. He's, I think it's it's twelve goals. From five starts, and this season he scored five goals. This season, hasn't he? Um, he's only played he's played less than four hundred minutes. So what's that a goal every eighty minutes? No, um, it's not bad. Not it's bad, bad really. I mean, it's listen. There's an argument you could put a wheelie bin up front for Celtic to score fifteen goals a season. Um, 
but many have been in that position and not did that, so uh, maybe not. But yeah, I think he's got a bit about him. He's only 22. He's different. He's a different dimension than Kyogo. Um, a bit more physical. We can Celtic were a threat last night at, at corner kicks, which is not always the case. Um, so the goal, open goal came from a corner kick. And he's in the six yard box, causing causing a nuisance in there. Um, yeah, I think he's got a bit about him. As to turn of Sunday, um, it might be a game that would be kind of suit. Kind of, oh, really? I mean, you know what you're up against? You're up against three big centre halves. Um, we know the pitch issues and all that stuff. Um, a tricky one. Kyogo's played a lot of football. I mean, Kyogo starts most weeks. Uh, and you think he would be back in pretty sharpish. But then, you know, if you score two goals, you kind of you kind of feel entitled to think you're going to get a game the next week. I think this is a moment in it for all because I get that, of course, Kyogo should be. If you don't start all now, when. There's got to be that moment for him. I think he deserves that as well. So he can't always be asked to be this. I'll come on and give the guy, I think, just football 101 confidence. Let him start, see what happens. I just feel that. I think there's more to be gained by starting on than Kyogo for that reason. When the form Kyogo's been in, it's not been terrible, but it's not been his top level. I don't, and I think what Mick alluded to there about. There'll be a physicality about this game that maybe lends himself to as well. I just think there's more to gain for starting on this game. But if you're Brendan Rogers, um, and he's talked about injecting quality in the January transfer window, do you look at O and say, no, do you know what? I've got the quality here that I need. Or do you still go out and try and get another forward option? Putting you in the spot there, sorry. <laughs> I know, but... Listen, it's a difficult one because if you're going to go and buy someone, do you go, do you go and spend four or five million pounds on a guy who's not going to be the first choice because the Kyogo is going to be the first choice? Or do you, so what you need, what the market they need to look at, I think, in the short term, maybe a quite an experienced guy who might be quite happy to sit and be used kind of more sparingly as a kind of backup or occasional starter. Um, but these aging goal scorers, <laughs> where are they? Where are you going to get a, a 31-year-old butcher who can get you goals and all that stuff? Um, they don't tend to find them. Um, I mean, you look at you look at somebody like Yakimakis, who arrived, what, 28 years old at Celtic for a couple million pounds, who's ideal, played every and again, scored a barrel of the goals, but he wanted to play every week. Uh, and he started to get a bit nippy and not play every week. Um, so... And Kyogo's the main man. He's going to be the guy that's going to be up, up top most weeks. So it's a tricky one. You're not going to go spend £4 million on a guy that's not going to game every week. Um, and you don't, do you, you think always going to be the one that's he's the kind of prospect centre forward, isn't he? He's the guy that eventually will, will kind of develop into a, a, a main man, you think. Um, so where do they go? Where do they, I, mean, I know there's talk about Majowski at Aberdeen, but they're another four or five million pound player who's not guaranteed a game. Listen, he would do a job or something. I think he would do. He'd probably score, score goals. Well, you might get fed up not playing every week after a while. Uh, or I, come off the bench every week. Admittedly, I haven't you know watched Majowski that closely, but is he really a step up from O? Do you think? Yeah, I, I like I like Majowski. I think he's a good player. I, I think the part that we, over the years, right, there's this Celtic and Rangers fans by nature resist players for their SPA. They're not sexy enough players, right? And it's they want players for other destinations, right? But the thing Majowski's good at, I think is the hold-up play at times when he's on it. His hold-up play is excellent. And then you also bring in the goals. He's good at coming short, spinning round. 
He's just really intelligent. The type of player that if a Scottish team came up in Europe and he spoke to against, he'd go, he's a player. So he would fit that criteria if he did it abroad, but because you see him every week with Aberdeen. Look at the Aberdeen team he's played for. The results, he's been there. I know the, the bright finish last season, but for the most part, they've lost a lot. It feels like Miofsky's been... If he hadn't been there, like, what kind of right. stuff he in? Because he, he's been a real proper player, isn't he? Like, he does every, everything well, and he fits that kind of the old criteria, like Scott McDonald, Lee Griffiths, right. the old Lee Griffiths came for Wills, but tried and tested Premiership strikers of real merit, and I think Miofsky would by far away make that. But then you go to the point, if O, if the argument's O's not quite that level of Kyogo, then where do you go? How do you balance those three then? Do you try and go two up top? That's not really been the way for any manager, Rogers and for a long time. So um, it's a really hard one to balance, isn't it? It's, it's how you get it right. But Miofsky, on, on his own merit, is a player of substance. I think he's been one of the better players in Scottish football since he's been here. But as you say, Mick, he, Aberdeen would want, what, at least four million quid, probably? Upwards I, of that? I think he's only, he's only 20, 24, 25, isn't he? He's not, he's a, he's not an older striker, so it's, he wouldn't be cheap. He's got three uh, years in his deal as well. Right, so it's a lot of money. Um, I, I wouldn't even ignore the kind of everyone being snobbish about the, about the Scottish game and all that stuff because Celtic and Rangers have, have, have historically always took players from teams in Scotland who have scored loads of goals. I mean, you're talking about Lee Griffiths, or he went via Wills, but the Scottish centre forward. Yeah, Anthony Stokes scored a lot of goals for Celtic as well. The decent partnerships up front. Um, you go back to Scott McDonald. Not way back through, through time, they've always met and got me. Look back, Andy Walker, Machiavelli, Tommy Coyne. I mean, these guys, are, I mean, there's always been guys that will come in and, and, and score goals and, and you pick them up from teams in Scotland. Um, so I wouldn't have that kind of, that kind of snobbery. There's always ones that don't work out either. I mean, your Derek Reardon was one, isn't it? Didn't quite work out. Um, so, but all right, so wouldn't it, wouldn't it be the only thing I see that is, is the cost? I mean, Celtic don't tend to kind of. Waste money on individual players, I and mean, they'll waste a bit of money on a lot of players, right enough. Um, as we saw in the summer, but uh, not an individual. So, four, four and a half million quid maybe would be a lot of money to spend on a guy. Um, but it just depends on wh- where he slots into it. So, you're, you're, you're bump- what you're doing is you're, you're bumping O down the pecking order, who's meant to be the big prospect, and then you're, you're, you're sitting second fiddle to Kyogo. So, it's an awkward, it's an awkward one to kind of have, really. But they do, I think they do need something. They do need, they need, they do need uh, something. But that's what the, the recruitment department has to get their, their thinking caps on and dig out another kind of another kind of Jackie Marcus type, a guy who's not that expensive. Maybe wouldn't he be? Maybe he's maybe not earning that much somewhere else and be quite happy to come and get a big bump in wages and, and bide his time because you will get you will get game time eventually. Um, but that's that's the kind of market they're in. Um, they need time on an earth something like that. I think. The one kind of black spot on on the Hibs uh, victory was Cameron Carter-Vickers, Graham, uh, was taken off at half-time. Brendan Rodgers gave a sort of stock answer about how how he is, his fitness, but it's not great either way, is it, really, that he's having to go off? No, I think I made the point that um, the Aberdeen game ended up out six weeks. He he was a wee bit firmer as well. He was, I think, looking back, but the answer last night was very precautionary, but I think there's obvious caution with Celtic fans that the last time there was kind of hope he wouldn't be out for long, he was. Uh, but he's just a game-changer, isn't he? He's, he's a sc- defender in Scottish football, the best like 
over the last couple of years, just does everything well. He was really good last night as well. Like that's not that he's not normally, but he was right on it, really aggressive in the press. You can obviously see what he brings to the team, and he was a danger in the box. Uh, but that just changes everything because Nat Phillips, um, who seems to, you can see what he brings like in terms of physicality, but doesn't really seem seems a bit an ill fit. Uh, to what Celtic do, there's a lot of open space. He's in similar. Let's be honest, similar to Shane Duffy, isn't it? He's in open space a lot. He's asked to pass the ball a lot. Both aren't these kind of strong suits. With Elliot and last night, I noticed that the goal, Awata was racing back. And he's like, go, show him inside, show him inside, and he doesn't. He lets him go outside. He's too quick over two yards. Ball across and a goal. And he's far fed. I thought he's he's been good at times, Phillips, when he's been asked to come on and defend. But in that role that Celtic have with Narocci and Lagan Bielke not in the squad. I think, to be fair to Narocci, I think his time will come again because I was quite impressed with just comfortable in the ball. I think he's got, obviously, a bit to go yet, but just the style of Celtic defender, if Carter Vickers is out, Carter Vickers is a dream because he's uber-physical and he can pass the ball, do what he's asked to. Total modern defender. Their Phillips and Scales just feels a bit one pace. And Scales, to be honest, last night, a couple of times, a couple of straight balls over, get caught out. And that is... There's a team coming before New Year and Rangers who will. That is going to be their MO. And without Carter Vickers, with a lot of direct passes, I think that could. But then, conversely, Phillips might, the Celtic are pinned in at any point, Phillips might become a good option. But I think if Carter Vickers is out in the coming weeks, Celtic, have, really, that might be the biggest conundrum to solve. Because whether they bring Lager, Belkey, or Narocci in, deciding Phillips, and then look at what Scales does with a new partner, I think there could be questions to answer. His loan's up in, in January, eh, Mick, Nat Phillips. You wouldn't really expect him to stay on longer, would you? No. Okay, great. <laughs> no. He's got like seven centre-halves. I mean, he's, he came in at a time when they were struggling for centre-halves. They had three of them on the treatment table. Um, and, yeah. I, I, strange. I actually think, it might, it might, I don't think you'll see Carter Vickers this weekend at Kilmarnock, purely because of the pitch. It's not worth the risk. Um Celtic fans will be writing Santa, praying that he, and begging that he's available through the winter period because um, it doesn't bear thinking about him being injured for a, a longer period again. Um, this game, I actually think this weekend would probably suit Phillips to come out. We're dealing with a lot of kind of set pieces, balls in the box, long balls to, to Vassell. I think this is a game that would probably suit Nat Phillips, actually, is that kind of championship style kind of centre-half is more comfortable dealing with it. The aerial threat and all that stuff, then they kind of nippy, nippy kind of wide men and forward men. I think so. I think this weekend would suit him just fine. I think he'd probably play last night for 45 minutes with a view to the weekend. Um, so that, I don't think that's a problem, but it would be a major, major problem if Carter Vickers is out for a, for a prolonged period of time. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's the letters to Santa. Should we get fired in um, right away? I think that'll be a tricky one at the weekend. That'll be a tough game. Um, but guys, I think that more or less brings us to the end of today's. Record Celtic podcast. Uh, we will be back next week when we'll no doubt be talking about the result from Rugby Park. But until then, thanks very much for listening. Cheers. 